This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, Editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing a city council vote to remove a controversial statue from downtown San Jose, as well as a recent decision by a county commission stating the permit for a proposed sand and gravel mine should be withheld. After much protest and countless instances of vandalism, the San Jose City Council voted this week to remove a controversial statue from its pedestal at a downtown intersection. Joining me now to talk about this is freelance reporter Lorraine Gabbard. So Lorraine, tell us about the statue. Why is it so controversial? So Nick, the Thomas Fallon statue has been controversial and divisive since it was first commissioned back in 1988. It represents Thomas Fallon on horseback raising the American flag in what was then land owned by Mexico. And People have wanted it gone from the start. In fact, it was put in a warehouse in Oakland for a period of time and then brought out again and put in a new location on Julian Street. So the problem is that a lot of people, especially people who are indigenous or of Latino descent, feel that it represents colonialism and American imperialism and racial injustice, and it causes pain even today, and they just want it gone. Back in the summer of 2020, Black Lives Matter protest came to a boiling point and statues from around the country that were figures of the Confederacy were also asked to be removed. In San Francisco, for instance, the statue of Christopher Columbus came down and people wanted the Fallon statue to come down too, but it didn't. And it raised a lot of points, both in town halls and social media There was a lot of outrage in the community that it wasn't removed at that time, and they've been asking and asking and asking. And finally, it has come to a head after much vandalism. There was paint, red paint, symbolizing the blood of Fallon's hands from the Mexican-American War put on it. A flag was burnt on it. There were signs that said genocide. It's been tagged. Weekly cleanups have happened ever since Black Lives Matter protests because people have not changed what they feel in their heart, which is the pain of the statue and its constant reminder that they perhaps are not welcomed in their own city and they just want it gone. Hmm, Thank you for that breakdown. Now, during the vote earlier this week, what did council members have to say regarding the removal of the statue? Well, the city council voted unanimously to remove it, but there was a lot of emotion. Some people felt that you know, it's perhaps a good thing that we're having these conversations now. Um, Council Member Raul Perales and Deb Davis said that it's important to have healthy conversations, but that doesn't mean that it deserves the honor of being where it is, atop a lofty perch, uh, right in this very busy intersection. And for instance, Council Member Maya Esparza said that this is an offensive symbol. It is systemic racism symbolized, and she feels that the peoples have raised their voices, Latinos, indigenous people have raised their voices for 30 years about the pain it's caused them. And she's just glad that finally people are starting to listen and hear them. Now, others feel that it is just not what the city should be representing to people who visit, to people who live here. Council member, uh, Raul Perlas, he said that, great, it's good to um, talk about this, to talk about the time period, to talk about ongoing injustice, but that people get to decide today what it is that we honor 
especially in such a grand fashion as public statues like this one. I see. And they just want to move forward. Okay. What do residents have to say about its removal? I know that there were some who spoke out at the meeting earlier this week who were in favor, and then there were some who actually just want the statue to stay where it is. Yeah. There's a resident, her name's Gail Frank, and she was very frank about her feelings. She said she is highly protesting its removal. She feels that it's highly educational, but more importantly, she said it's a sad day in San Jose when a statue that represents San Jose as a city joining the United States formally is removed. Um, and then you have a former mayor, um, Tom Montgomery, who said, you know, we need to learn from our past mistakes. This is an educational point. And he really wanted people to learn the truth of the history surrounding it. Above all, he said the truth is really important. So that was, those were some feelings of people perhaps not wanting it removed. But then you have you know, even members of our city council calling for it to be melted down. They want it gone and never, ever to see the light of day again. Some suggested sending it to the artist who now lives in Tanzania, Africa. Um, however, it can't be melted because legally an artist's work is protected and this artist asked for it not to be melted. And also the members of um, the art council, the art commission were saying, you know, it's not really in their interest to do so because they want to respect an artist's work. Final question here. What is the fate of this statue? What's going to happen to it now that they've uh, signed off on removing it from downtown? Well, you know, the statue is going to be put into storage. And the storage at this point anyway is free. Um, but there is a huge expense of moving it, of taking it down from the pedestal, of moving it to that storage site. And that is estimated to cost about $175,000 to remove it and relocate it, which is a huge cost. You know, it's a big statue. It's 12,000 pounds. It's 16 foot of bronze sculpture up on a three foot pedestal. So it's a lot of work. But, you know, people like the mayor, they just want to move forward. They want us to be united to battle the crisis we have upon us now, like the pandemic, like people who are struggling to pay their rent, like the homeless crisis. So he's looking forward and hopes that the city can as well. Looking for a way to unwind after work or on the weekends? Purple Lotus has plenty of premium cannabis products to choose from. The family-owned business, located at 752 Commercial Street in San Jose, offers great customer service, a comfortable atmosphere, and top-quality cannabis. With more than 50 strains of the Bay Area's most exotic flower and hundreds of products to choose from, there's something for every customer. Purple Lotus offers daily specials on a variety of products, as well as a 15% discount to seniors and veterans, a 10% discount to people with disabilities, and even a 5% discount for students at regional universities. Right now, shoppers can get up to 25% off next day delivery orders, 25% off when you spend $300, and 15% off when you spend $200. For more information, visit plpcsanjose.com. Hi, I'm Ramona Guiwargas, CEO and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. And I'm Josh Bruce, Executive Director and co-founder of San Jose Spotlight. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. And if you make a tax-deductible donation today, it will be matched dollar for dollar as part of our end-of-year fundraising campaign, Newsmatch. Give now, give nonprofit. 
A Santa Clara County Commission wants to stop a proposed sand and gravel mine from moving forward in South County, calling it a critical human rights issue. Joining me now to discuss this is senior reporter Eli Wolf. How's it going, Eli? Good, Nick. So why does this commission consider this a critical issue to human rights? So the commission considers this a, a human rights issue because the land at Sargent Ranch is considered sacred to the uh, Amamutsan people. Um, you know, they say their ancestors practiced ceremonies there for, um, uh, you know, a long, long time. And there are a lot of notable sacred sites um, uh, at, uh, in this land, which they refer to as Eurostock. So it, it's considered incredibly important to their culture. Um, the county's human rights commissioner uh, chair, uh, uh, Brian Franzen, uh, pointed out that, you know, because uh, this project involves a quarry, it would basically rip up a, a massive hole in the land. And uh, even if they fill it, the land won't be the same. So that, that's why they're treating this as a human rights issue. Tell us about the proposal for the mine. What do we know about it? So it's officially known as the Sergeant Quarry Project um, because it's located at Sergeant Ranch, which is a 6,200-acre uh, piece of land just south of Gilroy. Um, there's an LLC that owns this land, and uh, it's the one that wants to create a... Uh, uh, sand and gravel mine about 320 acres in size that would operate for about 30 years. Now, can you expand a bit? Uh, you touched on this earlier, but why are the Amamutsin opposed to the mine? You you talked to the chairperson, Val Lopez. What did he have to say about this? Yeah. Uh, so Lopez said that basically, um, if this mine was allowed to proceed, it would uh, basically desecrate the land and by extension, the Amamutsin culture. Um, I think I mentioned before that the, the Amamutsan people consider the um, the land around here, Eurostock, uh, incredibly sacred. It contains uh, numerous ceremonial and uh, sacred sites that uh, were used by their ancestors for thousands of years. Um, so uh, they see a, you know any violation of the land as a violation of their culture. What about the environmental impact of this mine? What do we know about that? So we don't know exactly what the impact will be, but hopefully we will soon. Uh, the county is supposed to release a uh, environmental impact report at the end of the month. The, this has been highly anticipated by all the parties involved. Um, Howard Justice, the head of the managing member of the company that controls the project, uh, said that he didn't want to comment on things until he sees the EIR. Um, but some environmentalists have uh, raised concerns that this project could um, really have a unique impact on wildlife in the area. Um, Alice Kaufman from uh, Green Foothill pointed out that Sergeant Ranch is basically positioned in this really vital corridor for uh, that links populations of mountain lions. So if this project were to disrupt the flow of cats between these population centers, uh, that could potentially lead to inbreeding, which would then threaten the long-term survival of that species. Sure. So what happens now that the Human Rights Commission is recommending a denial of this permit to get the mine started? So the commission plans to draft and send letters to uh, the County Planning Commission and the Board of Supervisors um, sometime before the end of the month. And uh, those bodies will weigh in on a, uh, before a final decision is made on the issue of permitting. Um, Lopez, you know, has stressed that he really wishes that the land could be used as a gathering place for the Amamutsan and um, maybe even as an educational center to teach residents uh, about the tribe and its history. Um, I, I should note, though, that Sergeant Ranch is privately owned property, so even if the permit is denied, um, the land will still belong to this company. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.